0: Let's take our Bibles today, we'll start in Psalm 136, Psalm 136, as so we we'll take a look at the subject of thankfulness in prayer, and and uh, certainly we ought to be thankful, and certainly we ought to pray, and there ought to be times that we purposely... Um, set apart in our prayer times to express thanks to God and of course give him thanks whenever uh, something comes along to thank him for and so Psalm 136 and let's uh, I'll read verses 1 through 3 and then pray and then we'll get into the message uh, for today and this is what it says oh give thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy endureth forever O oh, give thanks unto the God of gods for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of Lords for His mercy endureth forever. And then down to verse 26, the last verse, O oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning, thank you so much that we can be here today, and for all those that made it out, or just thankful for this time that we can look into thy word and pray for the help of the Holy Spirit and and father that that you might help us to learn be reminded be encouraged uh, from God's word today especially in the area of being thankful and so we ask for the guidance of the Holy Spirit and his power in Jesus name we pray amen now last Sunday we talked in the morning about Praise and how um, this is a a, an an item, if you will. Um, The word translated praise is the word yada, which means to speak of the excellence of someone. And we just read that psalm: "How excellent is thy name in all the earth!" And so today, um, and praise in the scripture is most often um, directed to God. For who he is and for his work, and we looked at several verses about that. Well, today we come to the area of thanks, and in this particular psalm, it mentions in verses one through three, and then again in verse twenty-six, to give thanks. Uh, and in in this in the book of Psalms and other places in the Old Testament that phrase, it's two words in English, give thanks, but it's one word in Hebrew and it is the same word. It's yada. It's the same word for praise. And so why is it say why does it say praise in some areas? Why does it say give thanks? Well, it's the idea of giving thanks to God for particularly for blessings that he bestows upon his people. So it's really the idea of praise, but it's being thankful for specific things that God does or has done, or even looking forward to things um, that he will do. And particularly for God's blessings upon um, his people. In fact, if we're if you were to read Through Psalm 136, you will see several specific blessings that the psalmist says to give thanks for, and particularly for God bringing the people of Israel out of Egypt, and for parting the Red Sea, and for giving them the land, and just all those things, for feeding them, and so on. And so blessings, thanks for blessings uh, that God gave. Let's take a look at another one in Psalms, in Psalm 69. (coughs) Psalm 69. Um, we see some other things that's where it speaks about giving thanks. Um, six, Psalm 69, verse 30. Again, some of the psalms uses, use inter- over, overlap these different meanings in these words. But notice it says this. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that hath horns and hoofs. Now we know back in the Old Testament days, they were to offer sacrifice. All right. And the sad thing is, so many of people of Israel just thought as long as they did that, that was it. That was all that was necessary. And you know God wanted their hearts. And so he says, don't just you know give God praise, praise him with a song. And magnify him with thanksgiving because this will please the Lord better or more, more so than an ox or bullock that hath horns and hoofs. The humble shall see this and be glad and your heart shall live that seek God for the Lord heareth the poor and despiseth not his prisoners Let the heaven and earth praise him the seas and everything that moveth therein for God will save Zion and will build the cities of Judah that they may dwell there and have it in possession the seed also of his servants shall inherit it and they that love his name shall dwell therein so again there's The promises of God and and things to thank God for, the the people there um, in the Old Testament. Alright, let's go to Daniel chapter 2. And then we're going to head to the New Testament to look at some specific things that are mentioned um, that we ought to give thanks, or that thanks was given for in the days of old. Daniel chapter 2. This is the chapter that deals Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and nobody could tell him the dream or the interpretation and so uh, Daniel and his three friends, uh, they went and prayed. They prayed and asked God to help them to to be able to know the dream and interpretation. Remember the king's request was one that had never been made before. Um, not only were they to interpret the dream, they had to tell him the dream because he forgot it. Well, they couldn't do that. And so uh, he gave the decree that all the wise men, all his advisors were to be killed. Now, in the providence of God, they went to Daniel first, which they might have done anyway, but thank thank God they did. They didn't go to the other guys and kill all them and get to Daniel last. No, God directed them to Daniel first, and he said, he went to the king, he said, give me time, I will do it. I'll tell you the dream and interpretation. Alright, and so let's look at verse uh, 17 of t- Daniel chapter 2. And then da- then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known, that is the thing that they were supposed to pray for, the dream, and he made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, his companions, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his, and he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise, and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. I Do you notice that? that? He just didn't say thanks, God. You know, he said, he, he said some great things about God. And then he said this, I thank thee, verse 23, I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who hast given me wisdom and might, and hast made known unto me now what we desired of thee, for thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. Of course, by the way, that dream was all about the, f- the world empires that would follow Babylon, all right? Babylon was still in force, and he prof- talked about the other empires, the, the Greek, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire, and then even the empire of Jesus Christ, the kingdom on earth. And this is one of the greatest chapters anywhere revealing the history, or the future, rather, the prophecy of these kingdoms. All right, so... Now let's go to the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20. So we're going into the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 20 simply says this, Giving thanks always for all things. here we go. Here's the idea of thanks is for things. It's for specifics. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there is, again, the the proper, there is a proper way to pray to God in Jesus' name. um, Pray to the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the word, the giving thanks, is interesting. It's the Greek word eucharisto, or eucharistio, which means to give thanks or to uh, render gratitude. Right, so that's what he's saying here. Gratitude, gratefulness to the Lord. And uh, we, by the way, we, need, we really need to be reminded of this because if we think about everything that's going on, um, we can become really discouraged. We can think, you know, boy, God, what's God doing? You know what? God's doing what He's always done. Uh, God is ruling on the throne of the universe, and and uh, God is allowing a lot of things to happen that we don't understand. But um, as, and we're going to talk about this tonight. But one of the things the Bible says in Second Peter is that God is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. And so, God is living we're in, in a time of God's grace and mercy. Paul calls the days in which he lived and the days in which we live the dispensation of the grace of God. And so, because God is God, he has created man with a lot of liberty, so to speak, freedom, choices and uh, and and they can make those choices and they have but of course people have to also live with the consequences but god is not pouring out judgment right now because he's giving people the opportunity to repent and come to christ and yet but the day's coming he's going to put an end and we can pray we can pray for god to intervene i don't know what he's going to do i pray every day um, that god will stop putin in his tracks and he can, he can, if, if, he, if it's his, his will, his desire. Because we know the Bible talks about certain trends and things. God told Israel they were going to be judged because they were turning away from him. And yet God, because of kings like Josiah, God delayed the judgment. And God can intervene. Um, I've heard read articles, I've heard people say there can't be revival because the Bible says everything's going to get worse. Before Christ comes, well, that's true in a sense. But God is still working. God can still revive. God can do things. And so, but in the meantime, we need to be thankful to God. A lot of times, you know, we need to get our, you know, get our attention off everything that's going on. Get our attention more focused on the Word of God and upon God's Word. And so, um, having said that. I have about eight things. Let's take a look at them real quickly. Eight things to give thanks to God for. Some of these things, we'll see people gave thanks. And so it's an example of us. All right, Matthew chapter 15. This is one of many examples in Scripture. Matthew chapter 15. I mean, some of these we we might say, well, those are simple. Yes, they're simple, but they're also great. It helps us to keep uh, a, a thankful attitude, a thankful heart to God. So number one, thank God for our food. Matthew chapter 15, Jesus was a great example of this, was he not? So, Matthew 15 verse 36, talking about Jesus, and he took the seven loaves and the fishes and what did he do? He gave thanks, break them, gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude and so on. He filled them all with food. But he gave thanks. That's not the only time. Every time uh, when, we, uh, when we have the Lord's, the Lord's table once a month, the scripture says he gave thanks. He gave thanks even for the elements of the Lord's table. But he gave thanks. Do you give thanks? I've heard of a story about a boy. He got invited home, one of his schoolmates, and they, he got off the bus and they went to the house and they got ready to have supper and they sat down at the table and they, they just started eating. And the boy said, man, you guys are just like my dog. You just start right in. Obviously, this guy was used to having thanks, giving, uh, giving thanks um, before he ate. All right. So we need to do that. A simple thing, but reminds us to be thankful. All right. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 2. seems like we, come, we keep coming back to this Luke chapter 2 quite a bit in our preaching. But in Luke chapter 2, they gave thanks for the birth of Jesus Christ. This is Anna, the widow lady. Remember her? In in Luke chapter 2, the great testimony that she was, in Luke 2, verse 38, this is what it says about her. And she coming in that instant, that is the instant when Joseph and Mary brought Jesus to the temple to present him to the Lord. She coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, And spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Alright, so she was thankful for the birth of the Messiah. And she, two ways, you notice there's two ways that she expressed her thankfulness. Number one, she gave thanks. She said, thank you God. And then secondly, she spoke of him. She told others about him. Alright, let's go to Romans chapter 6. These are some, some things that we might not think about. Um, but Paul, uh, very thankful in his life, and so in Romans chapter 6, Paul gave thanks to God for doctrine that changes lives. Gave thanks for the Word of God that changed people's lives. And among all the things that Paul experienced in his ministry, you know we think about paul we, we think about him as being persecuted and, and if you want to be reminded you can read second corinthians 11 where he talked about the stonings and the whippings and the shipwrecks and all the things that happened and yet you would you 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 would think that that was that, that was what occupied paul's mind but it wasn't he was thankful i mean he expresses so much thanks throughout the scripture and here, and what by the way, i said that to say this look at romans 6:17 He's writing to the Romans, Christians there. He says this, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Now Paul's thanking them, thanking God for the word of God that changed their lives. And so one of the things, because of the ministry that Paul had, he was all over the world and all these different places, and, and you know that uh, from the book of Acts and from his writings, that Paul got to see and hear about people being saved and people's lives being transformed. He says, "I, I God be thanked. You were the servants of sin. He's, you know, But now, but, you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was um, delivered you, and so that's a great blessing to see lives changed uh, by the Word of God. All right, First Corinthians chapter 15, and this we thank God for victory over death. We thank God for victory over death. Let's read the verse. And again, well, let need back up a little bit. Look at um, verse fifty-four, <clears throat> First Corinthians fifteen fifty-four. Bible says so. When this corruptible, and take a look up here. You're looking at a corruptible. He's talking about our 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 physical bodies that are decaying, even as we live. You know, it was that stupid series, The Walking Dead. I have no. I do not understand the fascination with that it, that kind of stuff. But anyway that's us. You know that. We're the walking dead, right? The outward man is perishing. <laughs> we don't like to think about that, but we are. We're more dead than we were yesterday, <laughs> but anyway. But, but anyways, but, but thank God, one of these days, this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. In other words, we're dying now, but we're going to one day never die again, never be able to die. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. That's a quote from the book of Isaiah talking about the Lord's coming and all that. Death is swallowed up in victory. O O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And in the context here, it's victory over sin and death. All right, and that death for the believer is the entrance into heaven. Okay, and um, I've I've had the privilege of talking to people, believers, over the years. As they approached death, and, and their their attitude was so peaceful and so wonderful, longing to be with God, longing knowing that they were going home. You know, and we, you know, I mentioned. I think I, did I pray. I prayed for your mom today, right? For for Jan's mother there in Canada. Um, she's had a bunch of things happen over recent years, and and just, just lately she took a fall and she fractured her pelvis. And it really, it threw her into, she actually had cardiac arrest and, and so on. They, they gave her CPR and everything like that. Uh, but she has known the Lord for how many years? 60 years, probably. And uh, she got to talk to her on the phone yesterday. And then after they got done talking, she heard her talking to her brother in the hospital, telling, him, telling her brother what she wanted for her funeral. And to say, and this—you have to understand, to know her Romanian, Ukrainian background. When she said to her son, "Make sure there's plenty of sandwiches for everybody to eat." <laughs> I just thought—I th- I thought that was just so precious. And she's not out of her mind. <laughs> she's not. You know, Paul said this. What did he say? Having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Doesn't mean we should try to haste it on. But the Bible tells us as Christians we, we need we should have a different attitude than the world has. And I'll never forget, I don't know who it was. A pastor, might have been Lane Jones at the pastor's fellowship. And he made this statement. He wasn't being sarcastic, he wasn't being mean-spirited. He said this. If Christians prayed to keep pe- to keep sinners out of hell, as much as we pray to keep Christians out of heaven. What a difference! What a difference! All right. So anyway, um, ready to be with the Lord? Victory, death, victory over death, victory over sin. Thank God for it. So you know, so we just we we just need in in our lives to be more heavenly minded and and more you know interested in in Christ and more loving him. Um, again what I whether it's death I I don't pray for death. <laughs> I pray for death to self. I do pray for the Lord to come. I pray for the Lord's return. I think about the last prayer of the Bible in Revelation. Even so come Lord Jesus. And that ought, that ought to be the longing of our heart and I'm convinced of that. Um, that we ought not to be so chained to this earth that we don't want Jesus to come, all right? We should long for his coming. And, and anyway, so so victory over death, and then, of course, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, it also talks about resurrection, talks about the rapture, talks about the kingdom earlier in the chapter. So these are all things to um, thank God for. Well, thank God for what we have in Christ, and what we have to look forward to. But I want you to notice that. Notice it says this. Giveth. Uh, thanks be to God. Verse 57. Which giveth us the victory. Right now in other words. We have the victory. He gives it to us. It's in the present tense. So praise the Lord for that. Alright. Let's go to Second Corinthians. Chapter 9 a verse that we look at every year at Christmas time and we and we should but it's one of those just simple statements in the word of god second corinthians 9 verse 15 thanks be unto god for his unspeakable gift that is the gift of his son and salvation through christ thank god for the Lord Jesus Christ, all right? Let's go to um, Philippians chapter 1. And Paul thanked God. And we ought to thank God. He thanked God for Christian fellowship. In Philippians chapter 1, starting there in verse 3, I thank my God upon every Remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now there's a good verse, met several good verses, but I'm going to. We'll, talk i want to mention some more about verse six in a minute but notice that paul thanked god for the philippians he thanked god for the corinthians he, he mentions to just everybody he wrote to how he thanked god for them but here he thanked god for uh, their fellowship in the gospel from the first day that is the first day he went there and things happened right away you know lydia got saved and you know, the Philippian jailer got saved, and the church got started, and Paul maintained this commu- uh, contact with them through his through his writings. And so uh, fellowship means participation. So Paul thanked them. Actually, what he's saying, he thanked them because after he left and went someplace else, the work continued because they, took, they stepped up and carried on the work. So fellowship, really, the word translated fellowship here, one of the main meanings is to have in common, or it means to participate, right? and so thank God for other believers, and thank God, um, you know, we were in, we in town the other day, that how many times has this happened, we were we are in town the other day, and we happened to stop at a place, grab something to eat, and this guy came right over, I, 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 he acted like he knew me, I never met him, and he said something, he goes, hey, I'm Joe, and he said, "Isn't you know, he, he just started talking about the Lord, and uh, we ha- never met him before in our lives, and we talked five minutes, and you think we we're friends for fifty years. You ever, have, have you had that happen? You meet a Christian, or maybe you don't meet people. But anyway, hope you meet Christian somewhere along the way. Um, you know, but you meet somebody, and uh, you find out that they're a believer, you're a believer, and five minutes you talk, you it's like you've been friends forever. Why? Because because of the fellowship. Because of what we have in common in Christ. Okay, and so. Then this, verse 6, being confident of this very thing, this very one particular thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it. In other words, will keep on performing it, will perfect it till the day of Jesus Christ. So there's a great verse, people who think, who are afraid or think you could lose your salvation right there proves you cannot because he started it and he'll perform it until the day of Jesus Christ until the Lord returns okay let's go to our verse in Ephesians we looked at before and then we have just a couple other ones and we're just we're done um Ephesians chapter number five um we read this to introduce the New Testament scripture on being thankful um but it says this um, giving thanks always for all things unto god and the father in the name of our lord jesus Christ so this is a general term but the idea there of all things is is of is the whole realm of things but specifically the benefits and blessings right and so give thanks to god give thanks to god you know there's 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 a lot of others that we could look at i think about one i didn't have us turn to was in Acts when Paul was on that ship and they're about to uh you know they, they were gonna, they thought sure they're going to die and and Paul said you know what God, God an angel of God told me we're going to make it he said you guys haven't had anything to eat for like two weeks he said let's have some food and so he took food right there on the deck of the ship and it says he gave thanks in the presence of them all and then said they all took courage 276 souls on that boat and because Paul gave thanks they all took courage so don't know if we'll be able to ever do that but you know what our thankfulness can have an impact in this world of unthankfulness so all things the whole realm of things is the idea there for all of God's benefits and we have so much to be thankful for now 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, I want us to to compare this with the verse in Ephesians we just read, giving thanks always for all things. Again, that's the idea of all the benefits, blessings. And then 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So in everything means in the midst of everything, whatever the situation, whatever the circumstances, be thankful to God. Now and really I'm not I'm not being sarcastic, I'm just trying to, to make a point here. It's you know, it would be kind of absurd. And, and not the idea of this verse for me to break my arm and say, Hey, God, thank you for my broken arm. That, that, that's not, he's saying, but in, even in a situation like that, something to be thankful for. Like, I'm thankful it wasn't my neck. <laughs> Seriously. I, you know, in everything, find something to be thankful for. I found, here's a, here's a perfect, this is probably the greatest illustration of this truth I've ever heard. All right, and I, I read this. Obviously, I didn't know this man, but Matthew Henry, and I just lost my page. Great. Um, okay, glad I wrote it down. Um, Matthew Henry was a preacher in the I think it was in the 1600s, and he wrote a famous commentary. I just, I think it's in every preacher's library. It's probably been every every preacher's library for you know for the last three hundred years. Every preacher in his library has Matthew Henry's commentary. And I use them especially for history and things like that, devotional things. But anyway, this is what this is what happened to him. Matthew Henry, the famous Bible expositor, was once accosted by thieves and robbed of his pocketbook. We would say wall or whatever, his money bag, right? So he got attacked, he got robbed, he stole his money. He wrote these lines in his diary. Let me be thankful. First, because I was never robbed before. Second, because although they took my purse, they did not take my life. Third, because although they took my all, it was not much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed, not I who robbed. I think I just, that, is, that is just precious. I, I think I want to get that, you know, put on something and framed. Put it over my, uh, over my desk or something. But, and that's the idea. That's really the spirit of First Thessalonians 5.18. And so we could be thankful. And even in the circumstances of somebody passing away who knew the Lord... Wow, we can be thankful for them. And I know we've talked about this, but when, you know, when someone that you know or someone you love has dies and goes home to be with the Lord, I mean, among other things, isn't one of the first things that come to your mind, you know what I'm going to say, right? wonder what he or she is doing right now. You know, it's real. It's real. And Paul wrote about that in St. Corinthians. We have a house. Make, not made with hands, eternal heavens. You know, we go immediately to be with the Lord, and so thank God for that. Praise the Lord! There's so much to be thankful for: food and clothing. In fact, Paul talks about being content with food and raiment, and just all the things God blesses us with. All right, I got two verses to look at, and then and we're done. Uh, first of all, a promise, and let's go to Psalm fifty. Um, Psalm fifty. And this carries, connects to last week um, when we talked about praise as well. Um, <clears throat> and as we, as you're turning back to Psalm 50, we talked about in, the, in Psalm 69 about pleasing the Lord, you know, praise and thanks will please the Lord more than an ox or, you know, a, a, an ox that has hoofs and all that. And so think about the Old Testament people bring in their offerings to the Lord. you know, bring in their animals. And and this, and this is what S- Psalm 50 and verse 23 says. This is a great promise. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. That's what God said. Whoso offereth praise. In other words, makes an offering like the priest did, but offers praise and to him that ordereth his conversation or his conduct aright, will I show the salvation of God. So there's a promise to those who offer praise and who, against thanksgiving, you know, so it was important enough that among the offerings that the Old Testament people had to offer, there was the thank offering, right? The thank offering to God. All right, there's a the promise, okay? If we, if we offer praise, We glorify God and there'll be blessing for that. But then I want us to turn lastly today to the book of Romans and notice that there is a warning. And um, there is a direct connection um, between being thankful or not being thankful and the direction of a society. Um, and And we've said this and people have said this for years and years, it's not something new. But in the case of our country, um, for for a long, long, long time, we could truthfully say, and I still think we can say today, that we have we have more to be thankful for than most, almost anybody else on the face of the earth. And yet, we, there's such a tendency for people in this country to be unhappy. And I understand, I know. But, you know, I saw something the other day. Um, somebody put this post, and they said, next time you're at the gas, you're pulling to the gas station, and you're, you want to you know, you be so unhappy because the price of gas is five bucks, thank God that you're not one of the Ukrainian people wondering if you're going to have a house by the end of the day. What if you're going to live the end of the day. And I thought, you know, there's kind of a connection there, because we're blaming, you know, a lot of, well, anyway, so, you know, it's not, it's not, that's you know, our government, our president lies like a rug, but anyway, um, the price of gas, is, there's nothing really, not much to do with Russia, but anyway, but so, there is, but we think about that, because, oh, yes, it's because we're over there, because what's going on, but this person, when a Christian person posted this, they thought, you know what, that that really spoke to my heart, because, you know, we're here we are, you know, we're, we're, we're you know, we can become so angry and upset because our, the gas went up a dollar. I mean, over there, they're wondering if they're going to eat today or if they're going to have a house or if, if their family is going to be alive or dead by the end of the day. You know, tr- atrocity. Think about uh, they, they They actually they bombed the children's hospital. How could any, how can anybody do that? How could anybody do such a thing? I mean, I'm serious. I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I, I have, I'm not angry. I have righteous indignation. <laughs> I just want God to do something. To stop that. And and he will. I mean, he will. He will. He will eventually. But anyway, thankfulness. Let's let's go to Romans chapter 1. I said that because to read these verses, um, in Romans chapter 1, um, boy, start at verse 18. We need to think about this. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God has showed it unto them. Okay, now I want you one thing, there's, there, there's no such thing as an atheist. Nobody, no one to, truly believes there's no God. Romans 1.19 says God has manifest in every human being the knowledge that there is a God. They choose to reject it, right? For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Now, because of that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Notice, neither were thankful. Okay, so so here, here are the steps to ungodliness. Here's why a society, a nation, whatever, why they become ungodly. All right. The first step, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. They didn't give God glory. Second, they were not thankful. Neither were thankful. Notice the third, became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Pre- professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. This is an, an amazing progression. Pro- 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 professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God, into an image made like the corruptible man, birds, four-footed beasts, creeping things. Um, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness to the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who was blessed forever. That's what's going on in our society. That's that's what's happening. The the people of earth... (laughs) They worship the earth. They worship the creature more than the creator. And then it goes on to say, "For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections." All right, why do people do evil things? Why do they? Why do they do rulers of the world? Why do they do commit atrocities? Because it starts by not giving God glory. And by not being thankful and, and thinking they're smarter than God and, and all the things that they do, and then it leads to all kinds of things. And in here, it's homosexuality, it's it's all kinds of perversion. Skip down to verse 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, see, no atheists, no real atheists. They know there's a God, but they don't want Him. They did not like to retain God. In their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, perverted mind, to do those things which are not convenient. Now the word um, convenient there means fitting or proper. Being filled. Now here we go. Notice all the consequences. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, malignity, there's the idea of wickedness, filth, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. It all starts with an ungodly mind. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, means they can never be satisfied, unmerciful. If you follow such things, you know, they just solved or settled, I guess, the baseball strike. The owners locked out the players. Well, that's what happened this time. Sometimes the players go on strike. By the way, that's pre- that part of that word, covenant breakers, means those who sign a contract and then don't live up to it. That's the whole thing there. Why Why is it? What The owners, they're greedy, all right? The players, they're greedy, obviously, right? That's what causes a lot of this stuff in our society. Um, Uh, Where are we? Uh, Unmerciful. And then here's this. Again, here it is. Verse 32. Next time you see the news, if you watch it, and you see some of these gay prides or these people, abortionists, marching and shouting for their rights and holding up their banners, remember this verse. Romans one thirty two. Who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Now, just, you know, now, interesting, isn't it not, that after verse 31 is a colon, which means 32 is kind of like the summary of everything before. So that whole list of people, starting really in verse 22, 21, all the people, all the sins that they commit, And some of them are so boastful and they shout for their rights and everything. Verse 32 says, they know the judgment of God. Don't you find that interesting? They know that what they're doing is wrong and that they deserve death. But they still do it. And they claim there's nothing wrong with it. Obviously, the the louder they yell, they're just trying to cover up what they know to be true in their own hearts. That they're under... The judgment of God. All right, so so we got to be, we got to watch out. Now I'm not, hopefully, we're not going to we're not gonna go down to those depths, but uh, we need to be thankful. Uh, we need to have God continue to to create in us and 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 cultivate in us a heart of thankfulness. It's so pleasant to be thankful um, and to praise and to hear others thank God and give praise to the Lord. And so may the Lord help us. He is certainly He is certainly worthy. And He's blessed us with so much. And of course the best is yet to come. And we praise the Lord for that. Father, thank you so much for your goodness, and blessings. Father, we're thankful that even to think when we don't understand and our hearts are grieved and even broken over things happening. Yet Lord we can just we can give it to you. We know that you know what's going on, and why it's going on, and what the outcome is. And we also realize, Father, and we're thankful that all the things that we see happening around us are just absolute positive proof that we're getting close to the end, and that Christ is coming. And we're thankful for that. Oh, Lord, help us keep our eyes upon Thee, Lord. And we ask that you would just be with us today. Thanks again for this time we can be here. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's take our hymn books, please, and uh, turn to hymn number 526. We'll maybe just sing a verse or two of Come, ye thankful people come. This is a good hymn to open a service as well as close. But let's stand, shall we? Um, let's stand. Let's um, sing. Verse 1, 2, and 4, shall we? Verse 1, verse 2, verse 4. Come, ye thankful people, come. Come, ye thankful people, come. Raise the song of harvest home. All is safely gathered in ere the winter storms begin. God our maker doth provide For our wants to be supplied Come to God's own temple come Raise the song of harvest home All the world is God's own field Fruit unto his praise to yield. Weed and tares together sown. Unto joy or sorrow known. First the blade and then the ear. Then the full cord shall appear. Lord of Harvest grant that we wholesome grain and pure may be. Even so Lord quickly come to thy final harvest home. Gather thou thy people in Free from sorrow, free from sin. There forever purified, in thy presence to abide. Come with all thine angels, come. Raise the glorious harvest home. Harvest Home is a European kind of version of Thanksgiving. So anyway, praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, again, we're thankful for your goodness blessing. Most of all, because of Christ, we're thankful that we have salvation and we have eternal life and forgiveness of our sins, a purpose in life, and a glorious eternity ahead of us. So Lord, may these just go with us, remind us, and, and encourage us in the days in which we live. And we thank thee, Father. We pray again for those all over the world who are being persecuted. And we know that by undergoing persecution, they are gaining for themselves a fabulous reward and blessing from God. Lord, we look forward to the day when Christ will come and will put an end to all these things that grieve us and and that are so destructive. In the meantime, we just pray for many precious souls to be saved. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.